0: And now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. A bit of Beach Boys do it again, Zaki did it again up at the Hollandale. Ah, Eustace, did they do it again? We heard some audio of the Grand National. And then of course they did it again in the Goodwood uh, sorry, in the Sangster rather, with Snap Dancer, a brilliant display of sustained speed. Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals, by the way, audio courtesy of Skyracing and Racing should always say that. Vince Cardi from Daily Sexuals.
1: Morning, mate. Good morning, Ralphie. Yeah, I know we talked about it pre, or it might have been last week, that Eustace could be the number one stable on the planet now. Jesus.
0: Well, you said such- it like the AJC derby. How are they going so far this year? The, the, the two year old Magic Millions, 1,200. The Oakley Plate with that <laughs> amazing Marabi story of just being unbeaten up until that race, of course. Uh, then they win the Australian Guineas first up with Tototsu. The they win the AJC Derby second up with Tototsu, which is what you said. And then the Grand Annual, <laughs> Annual Waterball. I mean, there's not much they
1: can't do. Well, wherever they point the, the you know the, the stick at, so we're going after that race, they, they're delivering. Yeah. And, and the horses are like on fire. I mean, <laughs> snap dance on the weekend. Was it just sensational? Like, I know this horse has got that ability on the day to do you know some pretty dynamic things, but the way it turned up and made that field like they were average.
0: Well, it did. And what we spoke about on the preview podcast was that to date, all the good form was on on very firm ground. just, yep. just let let loose. And see, see what you've got. Her win at uh, at Randwick, which was a PB, and for those who got the race speed profiles, you would have saw well, she's, she sat fourth on the totem pole. But to date, she hadn't sort of done much on a slow, uh, on a slow affected going. But ranwick 2020, blistering, 3.8 lengths above benchmark on that rock-hard summer track at the time. Remember Sydney having firm
1: track spins? So Has it ever happened <laughs> Ralphie, I have never seen anything like this in my entire life. Now, maybe it has happened, and I wasn't observing. Yes, but from in in these recent years, I just can't believe what's happening.
0: It's just it's racing climate change, Vince. <laughs> Really? Well, I don't know. Does it exist? You think? Well, we know that we know it's not happening in Melbourne, but it is happening in, uh, up north. Apparently, uh, not apparently, definitely. Uh, unfortunately, so they're yeah. going to deal with that. But uh, but what Snapdancer did on Saturday was show that she can handle it on on affected ground,
1: and by that I mean not uh, firm. How uh, no. did Morphville play? Well, yeah, this is interesting. Morville, pretty good, Ralphie, really. If you have a look at the 800 metre mark, there it is, 0.3 above. That's the average. And realistically, race five was the aberration. And when you remove that, and even if you went and removed the 2,500 metre race, you're pretty much bang on that 0.5 above. Otherwise, it's like one and a half above. But realistically, it's 100. percent This is a track that just played sensational. They they called it the way it was. There was a little bit, a little bit affected between the 800 and the 600. There was it was that was the softest part of the track, about 1.5 below, and then the 400 was improving, and the last 200 meter fastest part of the track, Ralphie, 103, one one length above. So to the 800, they're running on. Good ground and last two hundred meters, best part of the track.
0: So Snapdads, I watch it visually, I thought, well, okay, I will get it now. The tracks played better than you know, the there yep. better than expected, but brilliant display of sustained speed. But actually there was a bit of a dip in that mid race.
1: There was a bit of a dip. That first section, one point six above. The dip came in the softest part of the track, Ralphie. Yep. It's not rider
0: error, it's just the the, the, the fact the conditions are different.
1: Correct. And that's what's happened. Then you'd see the horses gone back to maximum acceleration, a handful of horses between the four and the two. And then it's whatever you had left. (sighs) Yep. Got that head start, Rolfie, and never gave it back. And really,
0: am I right in saying Morphville pretty much plays like Caulfield under that situation that if you're going fast, you can't get out to the lanes if
1: the rail's true? Very hard to do that. Very, yeah. very, very hard to do that. To get out in those lanes, like you said, Ralph it's exactly like Caulfield. You've got to be sort of 9, 10 plus. We'll or go going just, slowly. Yeah, if you're going slowly and everybody sort of fans out in the middle, then you've got every chance. Or even if you're going slowly and you can big field, you can fan out and you can get in those lane, lanes and be exciting. Yeah, so Snapdance has
0: won away game, uh, sat behind it, and then September run, and there's your chaos theory, Vince, missed the start by two lengths. So Craig Williams is, is, uh, is, you know, poked through on the inside too. So everything wide, trying to make ground, instant celebrity, Brooklyn hustle, the punters did their money again, uh, Argent, Argentia, they all just didn't have a race shape that was going to give them a chance.
1: No, no. Well, <sighs> yes, I, I would say that to a, to a good degree, particularly really, when you look at a Brooklyn Hustle reasonably good position, just they got lost in translation, I call it, you know, around that turn, where where were they going to be, how are they going to get their clear runs, and all too late, I mean, Brooklyn Hustle did hit the line reasonably well. But that's her, you're going to do your money-backing herself, like, yeah, you're never going to win, are you, Ralphie?
0: (laughs) Not at all. So, but uh, let, let's in summary, and I'll, what I'll do, I'll send this to him, I'll write it up, uh, 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 a no uh, IVR, uh, Sizzler style, for our members. So our loyal members who keep us going. I'll uh, I'll send a message there t- about Snap Dancer as well as Best of the Day from Melbourne, Best of the Day from Sydney, that they get every week. So you can become a member via my website, You on the right hand side. Click through the links, and every week you get the best of the day. Uh, and, Vince, um, 2.5 links above, though, that's that's borderline Goodwood. So if she maintains it, she's still going to be competitive in Fortnite's time.
1: Well, and if the track happens to turn up good, there's this chance, you know there's another length of improvement to come.
0: Right. So that puts her heart in the race, really. It's a, it's yeah. a plus three, plus four type uh, field usually.
1: Yeah, and on the day, this horse has got that capability. And the way this stable's going, why wouldn't this horse then be potentially capable of the brand-new PB? <laughs> I
0: wouldn't be in a hurry to knock this table. I wouldn't no. also be in a hurry to ever knock the Waterhouse Spot team. And let's start with the, with the first three races, just not, nothing came out of the clock. But the Port Adelaide Cup, Splendiferous, is this a staying me on the rise or what?
1: <laughs> well, could be. It could be, Ralphie. You can't sort of complain with the way the horse performed, that's for sure. You have to be pretty, pretty happy with that. As far as figures goes, what can I say? What race was it? Race four. Race four. Let
0: me have a look. So we've got a a high pressure here, and as we always say, under a high pressure, you get to find out what's under the bonnet.
1: Yeah, 8.6 lengths above the IVR benchmark, that's a huge Early, figure, isn't it, yeah. really, when you look at it from that perspective, Ralphie. And entitled to weaken and really only dropped off in that last two hundred meters dramatically. What was it? There we go from minus one point six between the four and the two and then four point seven below over the last two hundred meters. So that that's that's been a big run, Ralphie. Well a lot of those horses I wonder how they're gonna feel after the race. <laughs> so
0: but a horse looks like splendid so one point two legs above benchmark, that's that's already Queensland,
1: uh, Brisbane Cup type uh, figure. 25. Well, this horse, this horse does you know, really, when I look at it, Ralphie, when a, you take a look at the raw figure, yep, minus 2.6, the adjustments hasn't been that big, and this horse has just been climbing, got onto a better ground condition because those first two runs early in the campaign on you know, very, very wet ground got onto firmer surface, and we really started to see what it's capable of. I guess it started at sale, Ralphie, when yeah. it won over 2,200 metres, fourth best of the day, just below benchmark. And
0: Gay Wardhouse uh, <laughs> tweeted out, there's more cups in store for her, so she, she's not the type to ever die wondering with ambition.
1: <laughs> no, well, <laughs> she's she, a teaches, yeah, she teaches them how to run fast. It's <laughs> always a
0: good starting point. The Euclides, Vin so you said there was an aberration here. So uh, what well, we can compare apples to apples, this is race five. We can compare the Sagster to the Euclase, and watching
1: it, Craig Williams looked like he put on a bit of a clinic out in front. <laughs> How slow were they going? 8.3 lengths below benchmark. It's ridiculous. <laughs> they would have been like 20 lengths behind the last horse in, in the previous race.
0: So Yeah, but and, and not just that, we've got the Sexton to compare to, for snap to answer, the 800 metre mark, she's what, 10 lengths off her?
1: Yeah. <laughs> got away with absolute murder.
0: And then no move in the mid-race?
1: No. Just, what, a length and a half. That's it.
0: Yeah. So so it's a 1,200-metre race, and it started at the home turn.
1: Yeah, so you got a 400-metre sprint.
0: <laughs> so, so it's like a trots race. We've got the mobile barriers of Craig Williams brought back.
1: <laughs> yeah, well, that's when he's at his best, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, how, how intelligent was he to realise he didn't even have to pull the trigger in the mid?
0: Yeah, and that's what – and sometimes it, it's what other horses do. So horse like Magic Max, who's got some, uh, got some speed, they chose not to try and uh, – Force the issue early. Maybe he wasn't right on the day, but then that just gives a soda to the leader. Uh, General Bow was okay under that circumstance and extremely lucky that just couldn't really get out of that jam from the inside. Well, that's why there was jam because they weren't moving.
1: No, geez, they didn't miss it in the betting either, did they? They just <laughs> really came for it like there was nothing else in the field. <laughs> no, too good. Yeah, crack, I understand. Yes. You well,
0: you were keen on the McAvoy pair in the uh, in the in the mile, the Queen of uh, the Queen of the South. Silent Sovereign and Bell Placeur. and I'm watching the uh, the replay intently afterwards, and thought, well, you did also say Baron that could be finding trouble, and Johnny Allen won't be on the wide barrier, and that's that's pretty much the difference, uh, and it's clear in the figures there about the slowdown that Bell Placeur coped.
1: Yeah, well, crazy, wasn't it? Firstly, I thought it was a good good speed race Ralphie for a mile. There they're going, four lengths above benchmark. Of course, you got the ground conditions between the eight and the four hundred, just impacting that race shape a fair bit. So what happens is of course, the faster you're going, the bigger the slowdown, the harder to try and reverse your speed as well. And of course, where do you want to be? You typically want to be Three to six lengths off that lead pack. That's the golden spot. And Silent Sovereign absolutely found itself in that position. Got the, probably, well, wouldn't you look at it, there's a few other horses. It might have been three or four other horses in the race. Got a very similar slowdown, like minimal, three and a half, about as that was, well, 2.8 was the slowest slowdown between the eight and the 400 metres. And that came from uh, Tokarangi. Yep. Yep. And it also had a bit of traffic in the straight. I've I, got to
0: say, though, Vince, that for mares of reasonable quality, they've, they've produced a pretty basic IVR result. Well. So what happens when you're fast in, 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 in a soft going, it's going to
1: just drag it out of you. Yeah, and it, it's it's a, a one-sectional pressure race. Yep. Yeah what would have happened if perhaps if that track was a lot better between the eight and the 400, there would have been this possibility that that speed would have continued between the eight and the four, and that would have been about who's the, who was the fittest horse to finish.
0: Blanket finish in the clays, literally 0.3 of a length between the first four odds. 40s and the 26s free of debt. You got Saveto Excel $13, the Inferno $10. Asar was uh, specked in. Oh, I think the vet needs to get involved with Asar and just get the scissors out because he just he just doesn't put them away when he when he's there. And Absolutely. Miss Albania Vinci made a big case at $71. Well, she was 31s into 26, possibly wins with clear air. But, oh, my good golly gosh, did the betting market tell you something about Behemoth pre-race? It was as friendless as I've ever seen it. $4 in, out to nine eighty was the bet fair starting price, and uh, it, it was it was out the back early.
1: Well, you did say that in the podcast, <laughs> Rolf, that it's about intention. Trader's intent, yep. Yeah, but when you look at that race as well, I mean, I, I did have something on Behemoth myself, so I looked at it with a fair level of interest. Yes. Firstly, last... Thousand meters was second best of the day, right? Yep. So the horse, there was good speed. When I say there was good, it was good overall sustained speed from those. But I felt that the rider just procrastinated a fair bit, not knowing where to go. Because there was a point there, if the horse didn't, you know, if it had got the split, you could see this horse had so much energy to give, and might have. I don't know if it would have won or lost, but it was, would have made it interesting, but that didn't happen and obviously they didn't really care because like you said Raphi, they're all targeting their grand final and the finish was oh, the finish was was somewhat smothered in the end i mean you could just see on the last two hundred meters oh, there was was one other horse that out eclipsed it in terms of the last two hundred meters that probably says a fair bit about what you said about intention so it's now this big question. They obviously, what's the target now, Ralph? The Goodwood in the fortnight. Think... Which one? 1200, the Goodwood in the fortnight. The Good. Uh, Goodwood in the fortnight. Well, yeah, well, you know the horse is going to be, you know, making the big improvement, isn't it? I amused
0: myself. I just looked at the stewards report to see if I questioned the jockey. They didn't. Um, but the Inferno is one horse that we did see under the bonnet. What I liked about its run was we got to really see it really savage the line again. I mean, he, he, yeah, that terrible... Um, uh, it could have been a really scary incident in Lightning when, when he got cut off badly and nearly yes. fell. And, you know, ultimately we can look at the data, but it's still a matter of getting a horse's conference back sometimes. And so Sale was really a bit of a non-event. He trialed well at uh, Mornington, but now he's actually hit the line properly. So we know he's got more to give, Vince.
1: He does, and he is going to be better suited at 1,200 metres. And really, when you look at it, came from a inferior position to Behemoth Yep. Now, of course, there was the traffic in the middle. This horse was able to really kick down pretty strongly, even between the 8 and the 400, Ralphie, and overall best last 400 metres. So this this horse is definitely going to be stepping right up. And you, you would have to sit there and say that the 3.8 that it did at Mooney Valley back in September of last year is a, a serious figure that you'd have to be putting on the table at the next start.
0: Well, if he brings that, he'll be in the top three in the Goodwood.
1: Well, he's going to be hard in the race.
0: Yeah, so he's, he's pretty good odds, I think, at the moment. Just a members question here. I didn't get to uh, send it out to our uh, usual members on a, on a um, Sunday night, but uh, this was one I, I held over purposely from last week from Peter. Uh, my question to Vince is... Being selective in when and where you bet is paramount in keeping ahead of the game. I predominantly follow the carnivals and group races are currently doing form in Brisbane and Adelaide. Do you have a preference where you take your businesses? Does this reflect any mission statement as such, or is it simply listening to the clock and doing form analysis from there? Good
1: question. Well, I have to say, yes, I love the fact that if you can follow the quality horses, Yep. it'd be nice, of course, if you can – there is a, that trepidation of ground conditions, right? Yep. Because that makes a big difference. And uh, it's, it's a simple thing. Like Queensland at the moment, they've got their challenges. But South Australia, we've been reasonably lucky already with the weather. I would say, first and foremost, that's my go-to because I'm mainly a Saturday player. But it, it is you've got to do the form work to identify the, the races because you can get the high-quality races And it could turn out to be that the conditions on the day is not going to work for you. Or it could be a number of other factors like race shape could be a negative as well. Depends. And that's when you have to sit down and make the decision. And then, of course, lastly, you mustn't forget the price always plays a big role, particularly for me, if they turn up really short. They become very hard horses to back, particularly the way I like to play on a personal level. Others that you want to engage with two or three horses, then I would say, if you can frame your markets to work for you, then you play. But yeah, that's that's the best racing, Ralph. There's no doubt about it. I mean, that's why we like doing the podcasts, whether it's pre and post, when it comes to the quality races, we love it because you get the best competition. And generally speaking, the best horses have more capability of overcoming adversity and helps the rider.
0: <laughs> no doubt about that at all. So, I mean, I'll probably put, put forward a premise. Either either really specialise in one tight area, uh, a mate of mine just does maidens. Uh, I love only doing Melbourne Saturday, um, or you've got to put in so much work like you do, Vince, and that's the thing. So there's no real middle ground here. you either got to go real all up, or sometimes if you focus t- in a tight area, and like I said, I, I think there are times on a Saturday... I'll give you an example, Milford in the last. I knew why yep. the robots were going to go against it compared to Flash R. But you know, you had it on top in your speed profiles, and if you knew a certain area, and you go, okay, well, this Caulfield win was better than it looked because the leader actually had a very slow time in Holbein. Uh, they're not probably not going to give it as much of a bonus as they should. There's more to come, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. You end up getting what six or seven dollars on the day. It was crazy price.
1: Yeah, you're right about that, Ralph. I mean, for me, my staple's are always Victoria and Sydney. Yep, for a Saturday. And it's been like that for well over a decade. It's, it's probably well beyond that. But let's say from a more serious professional point of view, over a decade. And then it's all those other races are bonuses because I, I do have a policy that I like to have a maximum number of bets on a day. Yep. And the maximum for me is eight, regardless of how many areas or jurisdiction I'm looking at. And, and it's pretty tough. to For me, it's very tough to do, get that out of Melbourne and Sydney and almost impossible when you've got waterlogged ground. And then I've got a minimum as well. I've got a minimum policy. It's It's got to be three bets in the day. And if I can't get three, I won't play because I don't kid myself, Ralphie, and thinking that I'm that good that I'm going to be able to strike it all in the right way. So if you only have one or two bets, some people, there are these very isolated people that have a tendency to be capable of doing that. For me, I don't have the ability and I could easily strike out negative and then I've got to wait another whole week to try and redeem the money. This is why I have a. Three bit policy as a minimum,
0: and I noticed on Sunday you put you, you did the work and you put out race speed profile just for that half million dollar race at Rockhampton, and you only yep. got the result. But yeah, I know again the way you play, you would keep the place on side
1: with Apache patchy chase, and you still finished in front. Yeah, that paid superb. Yeah. That, that I could really for a place I was probably expecting that I was going to be borderline getting on $1.30. dollar thirty. Yeah, but say after the scratching because Streets of Avalon did impact the, the market a little bit. But yeah, couldn't believe a dollar fifty, dollar sixty, and long straight at Rocky got caught. You know that very <laughs> last, last yeah, last couple of strides gone.
0: If you ever watch it, worth a look.
1: Uh, I wasn't going to say no to the re- the return.
0: No, I'd love to get your data on the uh, Kentucky Derby. By the way, just, uh, just that that two hundred and forty dollars shot on the <laughs> South Wales tab just suddenly improved as they can in American racing vids. <laughs>
1: Well, I'm sure they've got any plans to come to Australia. <laughs> well, who knows? Um, the
0: uh, Let's have a look at Caulfield. Uh, now, we can't give you any insight into Gosford or Gold Coast uh, yet because you haven't had a chance to put the clock no. over it. Uh, don't think they'll be racing uh, Erton on a heavy track again, though. <laughs> By the look of it against uh, Zaki, that was just a, a, a non-event.
1: No, always travelling superbly. Yeah. But once you that's the old thing. Once you've got to let go, you're going to be in a lot of trouble. Yep. And, yeah, it was the first horse to put up the flag.
0: Caulfield got a bit of rain on Sunday. Not a lot, but uh, it was a good four. But how do you reckon it played? Good four, good five? Soft five? Oh,
1: yeah. It's one of these things. If you take away that last race, Ralphie, yep, where it was super slow race shape-wise, you're you bang on G4, Point yep. two. You, you, and even to the 600 metres, it was 0. 0.2 negative. And then you look at the 400. Again, look at that, Ralphie. They could personally... That's as good as they've ever got a track with a bit of give in the ground. just th- like even up the home straight, all right, maybe I would have liked to seen just a little bit more, but the realities are still benchmark.
0: And uh, and to use your mantra, the lanes don't move, the rail's out nine meters, so you're already in the best ground, so if the leaders are, or those against the fence are rated properly, they get their chance.
1: Well, that's, that's another big plus. And you can see, look at the lane winners, 10, 11, 11, 13. Okay. This is, this is the careful part. When you see some of these horses coming out a lot deeper, like particularly the the horse in race six, lane 18, significant advantage. Don't just all of a sudden think this horse is now going to be the new superstar. That's how they fluke these wins, Ralphie.
0: There is. We'll get to that. So a couple, a couple we'll pick the eyes out of. Firstly... South Australian train derby's next week, and you always say that uh, three year olds can deal with uh with high pressure situations. So I'll ask you about two horses that are going over there, and that's Else Me and Yap and Yapit. Else Me and Yapit. So this is race eight, Elsa yep. Me oh, and, and yep. we had good speed here, so we got to find out what they can do.
1: I thought this, this Else Me went terrific, Ralphie. Really yeah. My was are useless. Su-
0: you reckon they go all right?
1: Oh, Ralphie, <laughs> you know they could turn up and find more. That's that's the danger. But When I look at the breakdown, that was a good display of sustained speed under the circumstances. 0.5 below benchmark first section, inside the zone, spotting the lead pack around five lengths the move in the mid-race of 1.5 above ironically horses above the benchmark very few could do it and the ones that did it were off significantly slower pace so that's the attribute in terms of really trying to crystallize sustained speed and then the last 300 uh, last 400 meters a little bit of a taper 1.3 below i look at that last 200 meters in particular saying okay well this horse is probably going to improve a couple
0: well, if it improves a couple into it, in, in next week, he's right hard in the race in the South Australian Derby. There's no question sure. about it.
1: Yep. Absolutely.
0: And and your your mantra, non-winning position, 10 lengths from the lead. Yap, it settled, 11 lengths from the lead. What
1: type of run was it? It was pretty, pretty big, Ralphie. When you look at it, firstly, you look at the mid-race move, very, very strong, 6.3 lengths. <laughs> it was second biggest in that particular field. I loved the last 400 metres as well. It was... Extremely dominant the way it finished off, did manage to get inside the top 10. Now, that's not easy when you're on 2000 meter race. And then I like to look at the overall last 1200 meters and you compare it to the winner. Overall last 1200 was 20th best of the day versus the winner, 24th best of the day. So when we look at the overall sustained speed over 1200 meters, this horse did put it together as a total package. Where it got it wrong, got the first section wrong. So this is how you know unequal of energy distribution. That's how you find it is when you see this type of scenario. So if this horse was two lengths further forward, I'd, look the, the MPS margin saying if you were two point one lengths further forward, you run equal first.
0: It's $18 next week, so I just thought I'd put that on the table for our listeners there because I think it's going to run a big race and, and uh, we love saying Trader's Intent. That that, that screams Trader's in t- Intent to me. So uh, an interesting conundrum for both Els and me and there, but they're both good odds uh, for the South Australian Derby and that suggests a run well. Let me ask you about Sabooma. So how does a $71 chance win race six and put put some karma? I'll tell you about one, which was there's a step on the inside. No momentum, couldn't get going, it needed pace, but tell
1: us about how it was able to win at that price. Well, obviously, firstly, position in running was pretty pretty much in that golden range. The lead speed was 0.7 above. This horse is travelling 3.6 below benchmark, so you're right in that zone. The mid-race was reasonably orderly. There was no explosion in the mid-race, Rolfi. The horse made a, two length, a 2.2 length move between the 8 and the 400, and even the overall last 400 was below benchmark, with the exception, and this is the key here, Ralphie, the last 200 metres, 0.2 above, clearly the best in the field, but got out into that big wide lane. The, the widest horse all day and definitely picked up a couple of extra lengths, Ralphie.
0: Right, and there's the diff. And, and also Clemente hasn't really turned up compared to what it did for its <laughs> previous start as well. That helps.
1: Well, I guess you look at that first section, 0.3 above IVR benchmark not not a overly powerful speed, is it, really, when you look at it from that point of view? And then I just quickly had a look at the historics and said, well, this is like you're well and truly capable of that. So what was it between the 8 and the 400? You're already weakening. A little bit of a softening between the 4 and the 2. I, I have to sort of say to you, Ralph, a little bit of um, trying to steady the speed and go with the flow of the race when it was slow, and when they probably shouldn't have done that. Yeah. But how do you overcome uh, when a horse is in that hot lane? It's very hard to overcome. Ralph, I've seen plenty of horses. Uh, I call them one-time winners. Yep. And they get out really deep, and they they beat you. If this horse was in the exact same lane as the second horse, well, we know who the winner was.
0: Actually, you reminded me Brendan McCarthy had a similar winner at about to dollars in, in a similar race at Caulfield, slinging out to the wide lanes, the super, super duper wide lanes, and that, that can happen there. And we'll round it off with uh, Blazer Trail for a couple of reasons. I'm, I'm high-fiving with you. You had it on top of your race speed profiles. I had it on top of my work. And uh, and I just want to mention, because it was race speed, pro, uh, sorry, the uh, the Sizzlers, back in yep. the 6th of November, 1.6 lengths above benchmark, ranked best of the day at Rose Hill. First up, Ma used to stable a new horse, had never previously broken benchmark. Here, after being well backed, has turned up with the best of the ten race card. One minus 1.8 to the 800, plus 3.1 in the mid race, and plus. 4.9 last 400 to match the market support, clearly turned up fit with even splits over the last three 200-metre sections. We now tongue-tie on, synthetic hoof filler off, suggesting a breathing issue has been addressed, an unhealthy are now healthy. So, Vince, we do provide the best detail possible with this product.
1: Oh, for sure. And the, and the beauty is I'm looking forward to seeing the communication from here because I thought it was a fabulous first up run and got away with a uh, uh, pretty soft win.
0: Absolutely, even though it was a narrow win yep. and uh, it, it underlines and this is why you put on your speed profiles to stick with the best jockeys, particularly at, at the non-carnival times because there's someone like John McNeely's just filling his boots in Melbourne at the moment.
1: Yeah, he, he, he wants that premiership, doesn't he? <laughs> Which is good for us. Uh, yes. You're good for us
0: if you're a member too. So we appreciate your support. We'll be back next week on Year Round Carnival.